we've got one more segment for you today. Uh, in our current issue of The Independent, we have a beautiful cover story uh, uh, called Inside Little Palestine. It's the closest thing to their homeland for New York City's Palestinian diaspora. Uh, this uh, cover article was written by the Indies' Laura Noor Walton. She's Egyptian-American, uh, spent part of her childhood in uh, growing up in Cairo, uh, speaks Arabic, and uh, she spent time out in Little Palestine uh, in November and the first part of uh, December uh, talking to people, getting to know shop, the shop owners, activists, and various other people, and, and again wrote this beautiful cover story for our December-January print edition. I spoke with uh, Laura Noor recently, and we talked about uh, some of what she discovered out in Little Palestine. We didn't have a chance to talk about everything that's in the article, but of course, you can get a copy of The Independent, whether from one of our boxes by going to our um, our website at independent.org, signing up to become a subscriber. You'll get every issue of the paper so you can read articles like this one by Laura Noor Walton. But anyway, let's listen to what uh, Laura Noor Walton had to say about some of her explorations in Little Palestine. Laura Noor Walton, welcome to the Independent News Hour and congratulations on your fantastic cover story in our new issue. Thank you so much for having me, John. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure as well. So you you start in the in the very beginning of your uh your article about kind of how it's this special place uh, when you arrive out in Little Palestine out in Bay Ridge uh, there in South Brooklyn. Uh can you just talk a little bit uh, about that that kind of uh, sensibility you felt and, and why you felt uh, at home there in a way you maybe don't uh, in other parts yeah, of the city? Absolutely. So I think one of the most sort of like indicative statements about Bay Ridge that um, I got during an interview is from Abdullah, who is uh, affiliated with Within Our Lifetime. And he said that Bay Ridge is sort of the closest that so many Arabs can can get to home. And so I really want to start the piece with a few visions of Bay Ridge that seem like really kind of out of place in New York City, but very, very Middle Eastern, very like distinctly Middle Eastern. Like you have people sitting outside of establishments and drinking tea, uh, older men. And that's kind of a phenomenon in the Middle East. Like you have these gatherings of old men drinking tea and hanging out with their buddies. Um, you have people wearing their hijabs down the street, people wearing their kifiyas down the street, um, which to feel safe doing that in New York, especially after like October 7th, I think, I think because Bay Ridge produces that sort of haven for people to express themselves or be authentically themselves, authentically Arab, um, is very indicative of Bay Ridge as well. And so, yeah, I just want to start my piece with like a few of those sites, um, even like children walking down the street and peppering Arabic statements into their English, I thought was like really fascinating because you just simply don't really see that outside of a place like Bay Ridge. And so just to sort of paint a picture of what that neighborhood is like, especially from like an Arab American perspective, because um, I'm yes. Egyptian American. So Laura, no, uh, let's go on a little uh, tour of the neighborhood and some of the places uh, you visited. Starting with the Al Aqsa uh, uh, Bakery and its uh, owner uh, Mahmoud Kasim, 
Yes. So, um, right. Basically, I the first time that I came to Bay Ridge, I was a little bit lost. I didn't really know who to talk to. And I stopped into a store alongside Amba um, to go pick up a kefia for Amba. And we just happened to ask the the man behind the cash register, like, who should we talk to in the neighborhood? And immediately he said, Mahmoud Kasim, because this man is very vocal about his positions on Palestine and he's not media shy, which uh, reporting this story was quite difficult because you had a lot of people who were reluctant to speak to the media. And so um he guided me, he kind of shepherded us towards um, an Aqsa bakery and restaurant. And the second that someone that one walks into an Aqsa bakery and restaurant, they see like this big picture of Shirin Abu Akleh, who is the Palestinian journalist who was killed by an Israeli sniper in 2021. Um, and you see these golden scimitars that are crisscrossing each other and a passage from the Quran and family photos of Kasim's. Um, and that's just the second that you walk in, like immediately, you know, that you're like in a, in an establishment that wants to, wants to sort of tell you something about the ownership and, and where the ownership stands. Um, and so, yeah, I, I knew that we'd entered into the right, into the right place. Um, Mahmoud actually wasn't available for a while when I first entered into Al-Aqsa. And so I sat in the back and basically the people behind the counter um, who were preparing the food uh, couldn't speak much English. And so we were sort of speaking to each other in Arabic and they very generously in true Middle Eastern fashion offered me snacks as I waited for Mahmoud to come. And then when Mahmoud came, he was so excited to speak and he had so much to say. And it was a bit of a chaotic reporting experience because he was switching topics and he seemed really <laughs> just excited and he had so much to say and he was bursting with energy. And also at the same time, this is like a, a family owned establishment and, um, and he was on the phone with his children who were fighting each other and hitting each other back home. And he was trying to like be the mediator between them. And so it was just sort of, a funny, uh, a funny experience reporting, but also yeah, you really wouldn't get that at a, like a corporate uh, chain grocery store. No way, no way. <laughs> it was just, it was so, it was very entertaining. Um, and I also happened to talk to him on the day that there was a within our lifetime um, protest, and so they were actually coming. They were rounding the corner during one of our like interviews. And, uh, he, when the people in the kitchen started to like announce their arrival, um, he ran into the kitchen and away from the interview and away from the recording. And I was like standing there with my phone out, like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And he wrapped, uh, like a kafiya around it or like a Palestinian flag kafiya hybrid scarf thing around his head and, um, turned on Palestinian music and then went outside and like watched the, protesters come and so he just he didn't want to talk anymore he wanted to go and cheer on the protesters and so i definitely thought that was uh yeah that was sort of what made him so unique like he's very much um Im immersed in the neighborhood happenings and also is really interested in um exhibiting solidarity through his establishment for palestine right now there's other uh, uh businesses there that are or more reticent, you you visited a, a a pine nut 
uh, shop where the owner said, of course, I support the cause, but I, I'm not going to be uh, out front about it in, the, in that same way. Yeah, I visited this nut roastery that, um, yeah, it, it, it sells these mixed nuts, which are actually like a Palestinian sort of snack. And they're quite common around the Middle East. And the store is owned by people from Ramallah, from Palestine. But um, I think the fact that there were people who, like, as you said, were more reticent about talking or about, you know, like they said, pushing the Palestinian agenda onto their clientele just shows the diversity in opinion of people living in Bay Ridge. Um, people choose to sort of navigate their Palestinian identities in very different ways. And there's no one right or wrong way or more authentic way to be Palestinian. Like everyone is very different. And so um, while I think a lot of the establishments in Bay Ridge are putting Palestinian flags in their windows or um, like selling different products with, you know, an Aqsa mosque, like painted on them. Um, they're not necessarily going to be as pro-Palestine as um, an Aqsa bakery and restaurant. Um, so that's, that's for sure true. And another place you visited, uh, uh, Ballady Market. Tell us about, mm-hmm. about this venue. Um, Ballady Market is, I think it's more corporate than the roastery and um, Mahmoud's restaurant in the sense that like, I couldn't really find like a, a singular owner or like, I, I didn't actually know whether or not it was Palestinian owned until I spoke to a few people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the most epic <laughs> like Arabic Arab grocery stores I've ever been to. It just has every single product you could possibly imagine from the Middle East. Um, it seems like everybody working there is from the Middle East, but um, yeah, you also have more of, in my opinion, a mixed clientele. I spoke to Mahmoud and also the owner of the roastery about, you know, like who patronizes their establishments. And they said that it's a real mix of people, but for, from my personal observations, and maybe it was just the day that I went to Bay Ridge and talked to them. uh, It seemed like most of the people who were coming to those stores were of Arab descent. Um, and they were speaking Arabic with the people behind the counter. But when you go into Benadi market, you have a real mix of people, people who just seem to be like random Brooklyn residents who aren't necessarily uh, from the Middle East. And then also a huge amount of people from the Middle East who are clearly buying food that, you know, they grew up with. And so um, and those shelves I think that's stacked. They are stacked, and that's also something... If you get a hard copy of the paper, you can see some of the photos. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That place is loaded. Definitely. Um, That's very very common in the Middle East to have these, like, really grandiose displays of uh, food in grocery stores. So, like, lots of different cans stacked up on top of each, like, uh, on on top of each other are... It's, like, kind of an uncommon display, I'd say, in the U.S., in the sense that it's, like, super precarious and, like... I think most people are like, that's a terrible idea. Um, but in Baladi market, uh, it, it, you, you have like these pyramids of fava beans and green beans and just a bunch of different cans stacked onto each other. And then also this like olive buffet situation where you can put all these different types of olives into uh, containers and take them home with you. And uh, I really liked that as well. 
Um, but yeah, every product you could possibly imagine from the region. I went searching for my favorites and they were all there. And that was super exciting for me. And you mentioned in your article, uh, a Balladi uh, market and, and, and an adjacent uh, store they run, uh, mm-hmm. just the smells of, um, uh, of, of the products, uh, kind of transported you back yes. to your own, uh, uh, girlhood growing up in Cairo. Can you talk about that Absolutely. a little bit? Absolutely. There is an adjoining home decor store. And, um, the second I walked in, I almost got emotional because it, it really did smell like my great grandmother's apartment when I was growing up. Like, especially on Fridays, we'd burn the holy day. We'd burn incense in the house and it would smell exactly like that. And I, it, it, it really did transport me. I said it in the piece that, you know, it transported me back to these intergenerational apartments that I grew up in. And, um, I bought, I bought some bahud for myself and I've been burning it in my room and it's been just making me so happy. And so, yeah, um, they have a really nice home decor store right next door to the actual grocer. Um, that doesn't just sell incense. They sell a lot of different ornate, teapot sets and uh and decorative tchotchkes but yeah nice. what really struck me was the incense yeah <laughs> and, and this area we're talking about is roughly it's on like mostly like fifth avenue sort of uh, from the 60s up into the 80s correct yeah precisely all of these establishments that we've been talking about have been located on fifth avenue yeah and uh, uh, uh another one uh that that's fairly well known is uh, a restaurant, Ayat. Mm-hmm. Ayat, I think, is actually the most well-known restaurant in Bay Ridge. Um, it is featured in the Michelin Guide and also in the New York Times. And it's gotten kind of a lot of attention since October 7th because the restaurant was sort of bombarded with these bad reviews uh, by people who the owner said had never been to her restaurant before. Uh, just basically people who wanted to tank this Palestinian restaurant because they viewed October 7th as being something, you know, unforgivable. And so that basically ra- uh, racist uh, attacks on this <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, I would say racist attacks on the restaurant. Um, and but there was sort of this reactionary um, counter movement where people would be going to the restaurant specifically to support um, Ayat ownership and also to uh, yeah, counteract those bad reviews. And so, uh, definitely people were noticing that, uh, that people were, were flooding the restaurant with bad reviews and wanted to sort of create some kind of bulwark against that and to really ensure that AS can remain a popular spot. You are listening to the Independent News Hour on 99.5 FM. That was Laura Nor Walton uh, talking about her cover story about the Little Palestine neighborhood in southern Brooklyn. If you want to read her full cover story, you can pick up a copy of the Independent at one of our outdoor news boxes in more than 60 public libraries or other public venues or go to independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T.org. Just as we want you to support uh, WBAI, please consider supporting the independent as well. Uh, and just want to, um, before we have to sign off here in another minute, let you know there's more great shows coming 
up on WBAI this evening. Democracy Now! Half-Hour Edition uh, following in a few minutes from 6 to 6.30. Interpersonal Update with Harriet Fraud Wolf from 6.30 to 7 p.m. Revolutions Per Minute, the uh, show of the New York City chapter of uh, Democratic Socialists of America from 7 to 8 p.m. Out FM from 8 to 9 p.m. Cat Radio Cafe from 9 to 10 p.m. And The Sweet Spot from 10 p.m. till midnight. And I want to thank our board operator, Reggie Johnson, as well as uh, uh, Amber Gagarin, who made all our musical selections uh, for tonight's show, as she does for every show. Our final song for tonight is Dami Palestini, or My Blood is Palestinian, by Muhammad Asif. A Palestinian, it's a Palestinian liberation song that often graces the streets of Bay Ridge. Oh! <laughs>